welcome to Cinema Red Pill. I'm Sharon and today I am hosting solo, uh, having an interview with Naseba Bagala Liwo, uh, who is not in Kampala today, but we're able to talk to her online. Uh, happy to do that, not limit ourselves to anything. Um, so Naseba, could you first start by introducing yourself? Sharon, thank you for having me. My name is Naseba, as you mentioned. I am a filmmaker from Uganda, where I was born and raised, but I'm currently in LA studying. And basically, I'm a filmmaker, uh, illustrator, aspiring producer, and I'm interested in making content about Africa, most especially about African women and telling um, positive stories, but also stories that explore uh, identity. Okay, that's great. Um, so you have mentioned to me before, we started recording and just like you said, you're in school. Um, could you tell us about that? Did you study, when did you know that you wanted to go to film school, really? When did you get the interest in doing film school? Well, I think, um, I'm one of those people, I think I always knew as a child that I actually wanted to be a filmmaker. I really loved watching, well, more like television, because I really love watching television more than films themselves um but then you know kind of growing up in africa it's like where are the opportunities you know you don't see african filmmakers there making money or you don't really in general see that kind of content or hear the names so growing up i kind of like went to the path of doing something practical so i studied law that was my undergraduate degree <laughs> so <laughs> technically i'm a lawyer by training though i never wow. practiced the law. <laughs> did you did you study law here in Uganda or elsewhere? Ah uh, no, I studied law in the UK. In the UK, okay. And then you quit. Yeah, that's where I got my degree. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then I kind of like worked. I kind of used that to work like in the non-profit sector, mm-hmm. and uh, then um, when I came back to Uganda, I worked for a little bit for WBS. Well, I say work, but like I was interning at WBS when it was still there. <laughs> Sad those uh, days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. those days of yeah. So I used to work like on Jam Agenda, um, at WBS, wow. and mm. then I kind of started working in like pu- public relations and PR. So I was doing a lot of like um, communication work, so kind of media adjacent, but not necessarily filmmaking. And then, I mean, just basically what I was doing up until. Um, I guess COVID, I had a stint where I was in Germany for a bit, but also that was relatively to do with filmmaking because like uh, I started kind of thinking what I really wanted to do with my career. You know, have those moments in life when you start deciding, is this what I'm, do I see myself doing this 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line? And as I was thinking about that, I kind of decided, well, I never really tried doing the film thing. I have my degree. I can use it in the film, in the film sector. And also I wasn't, kind of getting opportunities in Uganda, wherever I was knocking on doors, it was very hard. People were like, but you have a law degree. Why do you want to do film? You know, it yeah. doesn't make sense. You can make money doing law. Like, uh, why would you want to change all of that? But like, I decided to take a leap of faith and kind of apply to film school. And now I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. Wow. I think I saw you fundraising. Did you fundraise to pay the tuition for school? Yes, absolutely. I had to fundraise because it's a lot of money to be here and uh, I didn't have all the money necessarily to to pay for my full year of, it's a two-year program because it's a master's degree. And so I needed some help and I saw, 
I decided to write to some people and then an a, a, an actor here who's also Ugandan yes. reached out to me. Well, I reached out to him and he kind of was like, "Okay, let's have a conversation over Zoom." So we had a conversation over Zoom and he was like, "Okay, well, I think I like what you're trying to do and um let's go for it. Let's see how we can get this money and raise this money." So I got a lot of help from people, Ugandans in the diaspora, Ugandans at home. Everyone was pretty much like pitching in and I managed to raise around $20,000 which essentially paid for my like entire first semester here so that was uh, entire yes yes <laughs> that's amazing i saw that campaign and i saw him really pushing it so it's amazing that you actually didn't know him personally i was like hey maybe your friends <laughs> it's nice that you simply um uh, listened to your story and did it that way so are you really enjoying film school how is film school for you so far like which are the areas that are the most um uh, stand out for you in school oh basically i'm studying producing so my course is mainly focused on producing mm-hmm. and it's uh so the business side of film but also kind of the creative side kind of trying to combine those two and see all the different roles and the players within that pathway and i guess the most interesting thing is realizing here how structured the industry is and basically how many different routes there are for people to take in the film business you know when we talk in Uganda a lot of people do projects on their own you know they're a producer writer director <laughs> editor you know they're Everything. making uh, yeah they they they're a master or they're essentially kind of like a jack of all trades and not really kind of a master is that the phrase uh a jack of all trades and master of none and i think that is kind of what a producer is in a lot of ways um you have to know a lot about all the different things and the different aspects that go into making a film kind of from the developing side to writing side to finding talent and casting people all the way down to kind of distributing and selling filmmaking films so i just wanted to have that skill set because i felt like there was a gap uh, in the film business in Af- in Uganda and in Africa in, in some places and i wanted to see how i could tap into the expertise here and basically learn from the best and see how to make that sustainable when i come back home because like i'm really focused on working on african content and and finding stories that we haven't seen before so it's been challenging it's like it's interesting i mean i'm one of only 3 international students here the only african here and so it's also kind of trying to bring that perspective to conversations because a lot of the conversations we have in class are very much focused on like western content so it's kind of trying to make your mark <laughs> yeah i understand that that's good to know and uh, it's really great specifically that you also really want to make uh content from from the continent so that's really great Um let's dig into scalp deep. Uh I have to start by saying your film, the short film is available online. So I'll definitely share it alongside in as a link into this uh for the podcast and also just on our, our social so people can really see it before they listen to the conversation with you. Uh it's a really great show. It's, it's a really really great short. Um description would could you describe it? I just feel I won't do it justice. Could you describe the short and what it's about? I guess for me as at the top of the program I talked about like identity and wanting to explore female identity and and I think the things that we can all relate to universally as 
women in different societies. So I made this film, Scalp Deep, and it kind of explores how hair and, and how integral it is as part of women's identity, but also how it's something kind of very superficial at the same time but it holds so much importance in a lot of ways in how people view understand judge women whether that be in terms of their beauty in terms of the uh, inferring or assuming things about their sexuality or gender identity and that's basically what the film is about so it's about a, like a, a woman kind of trying to navigate that process and the different points of views that she gets from people around her based on a moment where she decides to cut her hair off. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so what the typical question, what inspired the story? Was it just knowing those experiences or was there like a specific maybe? There's There's always things around us that we're aware of that are common things like we're like the hair hair politics is something that's been in the ether for a while but was there like a push like something that pushed you to put your interest so heavily in something specific and make you make a film about it was there like a trigger i mean i don't think there was a specific trigger i think it was mostly just having conversations with different people you know stressing about oh what am i going to do with my hair especially when you're working you know you've always got that thing of ah now I have to do something to make my hair look professional and yeah. just all that kind of stress that you have and anxiety about it. And then I always had these, con- I have a twin sister and I always having these conversations and my, with my cousins, also my other sisters about like our hair and what to do with it and hair envy and all these things. And so I kind of started thinking about making a documentary. I mean, right now it's an animated film, but initially I was supposed to be a documentary idea when I pitched to the Goethe Institute. And um, then what happened was uh, quarantine hit and uh, we were in lockdown. And then all of a sudden I didn't have access to the people who I wanted to interview because people were, had moved, had gone up country. They were all in different places. I mean, people weren't that familiar with Zoom at the time. And so I had to kind of adapt the idea and think, well, how do I make this film in the context now that we're in without having the people who I initially thought would be contributing to the documentary and so I kind of turned it into an animation and in the end I think that made it a lot more adaptable but there wasn't really one specific I think moment that triggered it Um, but it was also just thinking about um, the conversations that were being had like in America, in Britain, in other countries, like even in South Africa where people were like protesting like the rules around girls and their hair in schools. And in Uganda, we have similar rules where in a lot of schools, girls have to cut their hair off. uh, And the reason is given is for hygiene and vanity's sake, or you can't study if you're worried about your hair and those kinds of excuses. And so it was like, where did this idea come from? When I started doing this research, I said, where did this idea actually come from? And I guess in doing that, that's and seeing all the conversations that were being had, um, I kind of thought it would be an interesting topic to explore uh, as well in the context of kind of Uganda. That's really great. I think there was also around that time, um, the conversation came up a lot about how in Ugandan schools, the Indian kids will have hair and <laughs> us with the black hair. This guys, like it creates such a stigma because they it said oh it's hard to take care of it so you grow up feeling okay yeah my hair is hard to be taken care of 
then what should make it easy softening it so it's like oh then i must soften it because it will definitely be hard right <laughs> it's just so the way our hair is yeah it's really shit when i think about it too i really hate it a lot <laughs> how stigmatized our hair has become for us as well yeah and it's really interesting that it's something that spanned a lot of decades you know um and still today, we're ha- people are still having those conversations all over the globe. I mean, so recently you saw the Oscars and the incident, and that was about a black woman's hair. So there's a lot of yes. like things. Yes, exactly. There's a lot of still even today in this time when women are liberated, when people are having these conversations about policing women's body, mm. it's still something that people make that feel free to make fun of. Yeah. It's something that that even when they know how seriously and how it affects women in, in, in society, in the workplace, how the, and what, how they're considered and what beauty standards are, that people feel free um, to joke about it. And not just people, non, people who are not of color, but even people of color, men of color make those same comments. So it's also interrogating identity in terms of how um, gender politics also plays into uh, stigmatizing black women and their bodies. Yes, for sure. I was also really thinking about it again when I was watching the film today about short hair and I feel like the conversation has, I don't know whether it's because maybe I'm older and I'm just more, I know who I am more so I feel like the people around me know who they are more and but generally I feel like the conversation has, people have really spoken out loud about hair and i feel there was such an embrace of it like there would be a lot of posts of people like in their natural hair journey there was a moment when a lot of people cut their hair and i was trying to recall maybe it was the time when lupita had her hair short do you remember when lupita had her hair short and then she had a little line in her hair then you'd walk in kampala and see so many women with their hair short and that line in the hair was just so amused yeah (laughs) it 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 got kind of trendy a a a few years back for people to now have natural hair i was like yeah this is a good trend if it's just it might go but i i like that this is happening right now do you enjoy seeing things as well yeah absolutely i mean for me i like enjoy seeing anytime like women or people are able to express themselves in whatever they want and not get judged for it you know i grew up in a household with a mother who was a woman's rights lawyer and an advocate for the rights of women so very much that is always at the forefront of at my mind when i'm working on projects when i'm thinking about ideas it's like how to how to show women uh in 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 roles where they have agency and they have authority and they're powerful but also that they can make mistakes and have choices and they don't have to be a perfect specimen you know Mm -hmm. because a lot of the time we have the expectations that we have to be perfect we have to do the right thing you know we have to look the right way so it manifests in lots of kind of different Mm -hmm. ways in our society and so yes i think it's really important to me to be like um when I do, not that it's the only topic I want to explore, but it's kind of an important element of kind of the work I do and the things that interest me mm-hmm. as a human being as well. Okay, that's really great. Um, to get into some, uh, a bit of technicality with the film, I was wondering if you had any specific women in mind while you were drawing the women in the, in the film? Because they have like specific features. I wondered if you had people in mind like a vision of, some women you had in your head, like with the friends and the mom. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> actually, to be fair, I didn't really have any specific people. But actually, the mother is actually based on my own mom. So, like, she was like, she was kind of like the the model for it. I mean, it doesn't really look very much like her. But also in the background, like the little Easter eggs in there, where I have like different things, like um, the people on the Zoom call are kind of. I think I was trying to also in some way draw from some of my friends, but not necessarily specifically because I thought sometimes their subconscious <laughs> directs you in a specific way. And I think at the time, uh, also I seen a lot of people with dreadlocks. And so I was also trying to see like the different hairstyles that I was seeing around Kampala and kind of uh, put that in there. So you see a girl with like her natural hair, but it's kind of like more than Afro. You see the girl with the braids or the girl with the, with the dreadlocks. So it's kind of trying to represent all the kind of the rainbow of hairstyles that people adopt and, mm. and kind of wear. And yeah, but I think definitely the only real one that, um, that is in there that was definitely an inspiration was kind of, Mm -hmm. Uh, the mother figure and uh, then obviously we have like uh, the South African model who had who won the beauty competition also was a reference to that as well who's was in there Mm. Um, yeah so but um, yeah no so not really a lot of people (laughs) I was very much limited because my drawing ability is not that great you know I wasn't like really an artist it took me a lot to like draw all the different like people so I also was trying to make as simple as possible the characters because I'm not really a great artist (laughs) so simplicity dictated how they looked (laughs) and my lack of ability (laughs) (laughs) ah the roadblocks usually end up making something really unique so yeah yeah absolutely because even just making it you know i made it on a borrowed ipad i didn't have a stylus pen so i made my own stylus pen you know i kind of googled on youtube how to make a stylus Stylus pen and basically yes you can make one on your own like if you have like so what i had was like you know those old parker pens that people used to have those metallic parker pens yes and then like i had like a bunch of like q-tips and like you you use a q-tip and as long as it touches the metal and then you dip it in a little bit of water it conducts and like mm. acts like a writing pen so that's really how i drew it so it took a really long time because i didn't have a pen i just had to kept changing the little earbuds and <laughs> the end but yeah like ingenuity happens when you're limited by yeah. quarantine and like budget and uh, tools <laughs> true 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 that's very true um how about say i wonder if the when you were writing it, was it uh, going to have no dialogue? Was it going to be that way? Or did you initially want to have some voice actors um, say the dialogue? Mm. To be fair, it did not have any dialogue because I didn't really have a script necessarily speaking when I was making it because initially I was just going to go out and interview people and ask questions and kind of build a kind of a short documentary based around people's responses. So I wasn't I I, I just had like an outline of questions that I wanted and, and subject areas that I wanted to talk about when initially I had pitched the idea. So I didn't necessarily have a script and I didn't write one down. I just kind of thought of images and kind of what uh, visually what I wanted to see and then started drawing that. And then once I 
it started drawing a few scenes. I think the dream was one of the first things. And then also because I'd been doing research about kind of the history of, in, in schools of girls cutting their hair and that it came from like the British missionaries that came in. I, then I had a very specific kind of idea of a nun and like I guess also one of my favorite films is The Sound of Music so I, <laughs> I don't know so there was something in the ether that kind of also dictated uh, where kind of the story went in terms of what part of the history it was exploring and where the idea of cutting hair came from and yeah, so I didn't really have a, a script I just built as I went along and I cut a lot of things out because Again, my drawing ability. There were more things I would have added if I could have drawn them. <laughs> yeah, so it was not really scripted in that in that way. And yeah, because I don't really see myself as a writer that much. I mean, it's something I'm working on a lot um, as a competency. Um, but even like my film that I did here for school, I had no dialogue until the very end. So I think wow. there's something about, yeah... Mm. And I think also it was more approachable in terms of, I kind of was trying to look at, when I was trying to look for references of kind of what I wanted the illustration to look like, I was looking at a lot of like comic books and like the New York Times strips. and But even in Uganda, the black and white um, comics that used to run in the newspapers a long time ago, so that gray and black and uh, was kind of stylistically i wanted to, more i was trying to create a, uh, a a unique style that people hadn't seen yet so i kind of really limited the color palette down i wanted it to reference uganda in some way so the yellow in there um yeah that's really just, really those nice. were just artistic choices yeah mm, that's really cool um but that's great because if you're walking even visually entirely like film is such a visual medium so having even a stronger visual sense like the writing it can it, it speaks for itself like dialogue less there's some people even watch some movies with dialogue without the dialogue to see the strength of the film without it so it's always good to start that way i think great angle um i wanted to ask also about the sound design what was that process like for you because i like some of the choices that a lot of the choices that were really made maybe all of them were made nitpicky uh, ex- especially just some small sounds like the creepy like an at night sound maybe pushing of, of, of grass because I tend to feel like say I watch a lot of, of, of TV series that go on on Ugandan TV on Power Magic and there's not a lot of sound design. I've noticed people not putting those because they create such a strong effect on the film. Like even if the car is driving, like it's good to have like a, a the car driving um, sound because it's it's not going to be as heavy as when you've recorded it on set. So one thing I really found so strong is just the little sound cues that you have surrounded. I think maybe since you weren't having any dialogue, you had to concentrate on sound, but I really dug it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because exactly because I didn't have any dialogue, I I wasn't going to make a silent film essentially because I thought that would bore people a lot if there's no like any kind of sound and just watching it with and it's just quiet. <laughs> so I had to and I had to so I was when I was doing it, I what I started with actually in terms of sound was actually looking for songs I like because I also was limited when I was making this film the idea was when I pitched it to the Goethe Institute was to kind of try and make a film 
with at as low cost as possible and by the time i had started the animation i had actually was supposed to make a mobile film with a, with a, with my iphone to make like a mobile film and to see how feasible that idea was because you know people always say oh you know Just- we can go out and make films with like our phones and they'll be and they'll look good and technology has advanced so much and i was like yeah i don't think that's as easy as people actually think and it's one of the solutions that's always being touted for african african filmmakers and so i was going to test that theory and see is this really something that's doable like so on a small scale so i had bought like a little bunch of little tripods and little kind of re- recording things uh with the budget that I had which was about like they gave you they, they got to give me a budget of 2 million so I spent all of that practically yeah. <laughs> and so now I essentially buying like the the equipment and stuff and so the little mobile phone equipment so I had nothing left so now I had to think about okay so how am I going to make this animation um with when i've spent the money and now i can't go out and actually film anything and so i then used as me- everything i used making the film was essentially a free resource even the application i used to make it is a mobile phone application called flip a clip which is essentially you can download it for free on your iphone and an ipad and then if you want to take away the watermark you pay um $9. So I drew the entire film and then the only money I actually spent on it was in drawing that was like in taking away that um uh the watermark and paying the $9. So essentially I made that animation for $9. And so all the music I used I used uh is from uh Creative Commons. So you can use it for commercial purposes without copyright. um because that's what that resource is there so i i spent a long time just browsing those libraries looking on youtube looking for copyright free things that i could use because obviously i couldn't use um well known songs like initially i also wanted to um use um more songs that were more ugandan and more african but that would have meant paying somebody <laughs> yeah to 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 either create something bespoke for me mm-hmm. or to um to 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 pay someone to use some original existing music. So, yeah, it was just all free music that I found on the internet that was copyright free. <laughs> so, a lot of searching. <laughs> okay. Um we have a few minutes before we have to go because um the Zoom this is free Zoom, so I have a short time. Uh yeah, so in the, I don't know why I thought I would not have much to ask you because even just talking about the film there's so much to talk about. We don't need to talk about sound of music much and you brought it up so it's good for people to know yeah the thing you already like. <laughs> uh I was wondering maybe if we could close off with the talking about the film that you're making which you hopefully release soon um so that we can have something to anticipate from you. Now well at school so basically uh it's a school class project that I've made um every year uh the program that I'm on the first years make uh 14 films or so uh uh so half the classes that the whole classes we're a class of like 28 everybody pitches a film and then the class votes on the best ideas of the films they want to work on and mine was one of the ones selected so it's a short film it's again because we have like a very limited budget that we have to all kind of 
put uh, two words and so I wrote and produced it and it's called Coasty and it's about again uh, identity uh, this is a, about a young w- Muslim woman kind of navigating her faith and when she loses her partner and uh, somebody important in her life so she's navigating the grief and her relationship with her faith and overcoming that and again it's another film that has got a lot of sound design built into it there's essentially again not really any real type of music and there's only a little very dialogue which is kind of a poem I wrote at the very end so that's what it's about and Mm. so we're currently kind of trying to figure out our festival strategy and where we're going to put it out (laughs) do you like the film is it great is the output what you were wanting and more or anything do you love it i mean i will say it looks very good i worked with a very kind of talented uh, director of photography in my class who has really worked hard on getting a, a look uh that was um really cinematic i mean because we shot it here in los angeles but we're trying to kind of mimic I don't know, uh, Mombasa <laughs> on our wow. very limited budget. So wow. we went out to the beach to shoot and and we got like a few really great scenes. I think it's like, it's a really great looking film. I hope people like can connect to it and understand it because again, it has no dialogue. And I think it's one of those films that like you were talking about earlier that works on kind of people's emotion and and using that as the vehicle for telling the story as opposed to using and relying on dialogue. That's great. Can't wait to see it. Really, really can't wait to see it. Um, I really like to ask um, the filmmakers who come on here some just really quick questions. So you've already said that The Sound of Music is a favorite film, but do you have a favorite director? That is a difficult one to say. Or, okay, or writer. Like, maybe a favorite artist. It doesn't need to be specific okay. to film. I'm go- oh gosh, who do I pick? Who do I pick? Who do I pick? Okay, just for the sake of it, and because I just spent so long, I just watched the last um, the last um, season of Insecure, I'm going to say Issa Rae in terms of writing. She's black. She's Afri- <laughs> of African descent. She's funny uh she uh, i mean she showcases black women black bodies black hair uh based in los angeles but about smart intelligent women and friendship so yes i'm gonna say easter and insecure is Very kind of true. one of my <laughs> writers at the moment yeah. and the last thing i also like to ask is what's the last thing that you watched and liked Oh, are we talking t- TV? It, it can be TV. It doesn't need. It needs. It doesn't need to be specific. The last thing. If you don't watch much, it could be a book. Anything you recommend that you last um, engaged with. Well, let me think about <laughs> it. Hmm. Well, okay. So I'll tell you what the last thing I watched. The last thing I watched uh, was. Ba- <laughs> is basically um have you seen uh it's on it's on netflix it's called love death and robots so i'm kind of into uh, uh, I, and it's like a little pieces of like animation that are yeah. that on different stories yeah. but like they're really funny and they span a lot of different subject matters because that's the last thing i watched and enjoyed 
um, if we're talking because I ra- just watched it yesterday. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Books. All oh, the books are really going to be about like school things. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, essentially, because all I've been reading is assigned, assigned, assigned reading at readings. school. So okay. I haven't really kind of read anything on my own just for the sake of of reading anything. that's okay love death and robots is a great choice <laughs> love death and robots people like animation yeah that's great okay <laughs> we have to run thank you so much Naseba, for doing this for being available coming on at this time your time like 6 a.m i really really thank you so much um glad to have you here thank you for inviting me i appreciate it i enjoy your podcast um i love listening to different people that you bring on and all their points of view and it's really exciting to engage with other creative women and so thank you for having me on your program podcast i'm a big podcast fan but so much true crime though oh (laughs) understandable that's engaging Okay, this is it. Thank you, Naseba. This has been Cinema Red Pill, our interview with Naseba. Her film will be uh, linked below in the notes. Please watch it if you have it and come all this way. Please, you must watch it. Thank you and looking forward to the next one. Yeah. Bye. People make films about themselves. What they want. What they love. What they fear most. Here we're nothing but props and their stories. Some say 